Hello and welcome to another episode of the Build Better Brands podcast. Um, today I am joined by Peter Wilkin, who is a brand strategist and author and also a speaker. And he gives founders, CEOs and leaders clarity and confidence around their brand and the direction that they're heading. Um, so thank you, Peter, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, obviously, you know uh, quite a bit about brand, bit of an understatement. You know a lot about brand, um, which is why, um, yeah, we agreed. We we had a chat, didn't we, on LinkedIn? Yeah. And, and we thought, yeah, let's have Peter on the show. Um, why wouldn't we? Um, but yeah, I mean, what does brand mean to you? Brand to me, I mean, there is so much jargon around it, by the way, and there's so much misinterpretation mm. of what brand means. But for me, it is um, what what you stand for in somebody's mind. A, a brand is a, is a territory in the mind that you own uh, and that obviously uh, carries meaning uh, that helps you stand apart, that helps you differentiate um, and that if you manage well, you can shape um, people's perceptions to have a consistent image of, of who you are and what you wish to be. And that's what the strongest brands are. They are, you know, they're relevant to people. They, they have a compelling promise. Um, <clears throat> they differentiate themselves from their competitors. And above all, they do what they say they're going to do. And, and that's that's it, really. I mean, yeah, you can finish the podcast now because uh, <laughs> <it's... laughs> I've covered it all. That's it. That's all you're getting today. Thank you. For <laughs> no, joining. no, no. But, it, yeah. but then it gets hugely complicated. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I spend half my time as a, as a brand strategy consultant trying to simplify, you know, albeit, you know, not getting trite, some complex issues and, and complex brands. But trying to simplify it down to that and that's really what it is what you're trying to do ultimately it's it, it, it's that it's a compelling kind of promise and a territory in the mind that you own and why is it so important because um <laughs> you know for so many reasons daniel not only just from the commercial side you know that the the difference between what comes top of mind and what you feel about something is the difference, as you used to say when I was working on Coke and Pepsi, between shifting your hand, you know, three inches to the right or the left. But that decision can be millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and more important than that, not just on the commercial side, if you talk about personal branding, um, it's what people think of you. And, you know, people create impressions from what stimulus material they have so if it's the first time you meet somebody and you're having one of those days it's not a great day you know and uh, you may not come across well um that's their impression of you if on the other hand you know you're consistently cheery upbeat positive and 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 you know listening attentive giving to them you know they'll have a very much more positive um association with you so hugely important yeah um often when i talk to the people that I talk to within um, my kind of network are either people that completely understand brand and understand the importance and know what yeah. it is, or the opposite end of a scale, which is people that have no idea what brand is in that they think a brand is a logo, and they don't understand the importance, and they don't really see what all the fuss is about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's... there's it's a real kind of once you're in it you it's and once you start to understand brand you can't you kind of can't get away from it because you realize how how much of an impact it has on on everything we do and the way that we live our lives and the way that we interact with each other no absolutely it's um you know you, you can't escape it it's part of our everyday lives we get thousands and thousands of impacts and things that we respond to or we don't that we feel positive towards or that we don't or that we create and change impressions of or we don't um but it's interesting what you said about your you know your clients and the people you meet that there's a spectrum of 
know-how or understanding of brands and 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 that's great that's good and, and I, I encounter exactly the same thing by the way and it doesn't mean that you can't add value wherever you are at I found the people who are very brand literate as you were and, and quite a lot of this certainly the younger generation now are extraordinarily well read um but not necessarily would you respect well experienced and yeah. there's a huge difference you know between theory and practice um, and applying some some experience to it can really cut through some complex issues for any, everyone who's quoting, you know, whatever you know, great marketing book is is out there, or um, and, and can understand it on a theoretical basis. And at the other end of the spectrum, um, you know, for those who you know don't necessarily pretend um, uh, to know about brands, or or, or maybe less interested in it. Uh, um, you know, actually, you can really add a lot of value very, very quickly uh, in terms of what you can help them with, you know, basic brand understanding. You know, the biggest mistake, um, or the that's not a mistake, it's the biggest misinterpretation that I have encountered, and it consistently over a long 30 plus year career, is the difference between um, brand building and branding, as it were. You know, some people now uh, and I know Matt Davison is quite interesting. He he relates to branding as, you know, giving meaning to brands. And, and if you interpret it that way, it's a very meaningful way. But my uh, older definition of branding has always been uh, almost like, uh, you know, taking it back from the hot iron that you put on your cow to say, okay. you know, this is Peter's cow kind yeah. of thing. The act of branding, which is more easily translated into what you were talking about logos visual identity design colors and things like that and mm. that's that's not unimportant by the way mm. but that's what we used to call the superficial packaging of brands it's it's like how you dress yourself it's not the substance of who you are what you stand for and the experiences you deliver and that was what we created our whole premise of the brand company around which was articulate who you are what you stand for and why you know your dna as we used to call it and then deliver what you do, the substance of the experience or the product that you're developing, because that's the thing that speaks for yourself. And that's the thing that really drives preference and meaning and, and cements that territory in the mind that I started talking about at the, at the top of this, this podcast. Um, then once you've done that, you, you build the packaging around it. So you build your identity and your look yeah. and feel around your promise, not the other way around. So you know, people will come to us and they'll say, you know, I, you know, we need a rebrand. And what they really mean is we'd like a new logo. Yeah. And, and, oh, why, why does it happen? It's still hugely important because I know you're on the creative side and the design side. And a lot of people who might listen to this show will be thinking, oh, it's not important. I right? do. It's absolutely not. It's hugely important. Um, and sometimes it really can inform and, uh, you know, what design can bring to bring your brand to life or to communicate that understanding or reinforce what it is you want to mean is huge. Yeah. But it should come after you really understand what it is that you're doing and, and what, what territory you want to own in people's minds, not, not necessarily the other way around. And, and, you know, the reason why I think people think it that, that way so much is that, um, uh, when you're paying money, you want to see something tangible for it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> what am I getting for my money? <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. And, and and if you're always just in the conceptual area of 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 you know, concept and not something that you can touch, um, you know, typically CEOs of large organisations are left brain. They're much more rational, logical. They will not necessarily conceptualise as well as a brand designer or graphic designer would that's not to say they can't they do but they you know they want to see something so <laughs> logos and, and identity and color palettes and designs and, and even ads which was my old world as well um bring that to life in a in a, in a, in a tangible way so there's a you know the, there's huge value in doing that yeah i mean at the moment you're in vancouver right yeah but you've yeah. worked in lots all over the world, haven't you? Including Hong Kong. Um... Yeah, yeah. I started. Um, uh, my my background was in uh, in advertising, so I started in uh, London with uh, McCann's, and then I had um, eleven years in Ogilvy. And when I moved from Ogilvy, London, I went to Singapore, and um, 
<clears throat> I ended up is never going back to Britain, basically. <laughs> so, well, except to visit after that. So that yeah. was like nearly 30 years ago. God, wow. you know, I'm an old, old geezer now. So, and I ended up ended up running BBDO Asia Pacific out of Hong Kong, um, you know, with stints running agencies for um, uh, Leah Bennett in, uh, in Malaysia and Singapore, looking after their Southeast Asia operations and Ogilvy in Manila, which was fabulous fun. Um, and uh, so I've been very lucky in, in that sense. You know, one of the beauties of working in the ad industry was it was a different job every day and you had a broad portfolio of different clients. And um, so you would you, you would experience this kind of smorgasbord of different cultures and issues and problems. So, you know, we work from everyone. As I've mentioned, you know, Pepsi and Coke and yeah. Disney and... AIG and, and goodness knows we had uh, you know so many uh, you know fantastic clients you know, Kodak and Sony and I'm uh, fangirling right Edith. now hearing all these names. Sorry, I said I'm fangirling now hearing all these names. Oh no, no, sorry, I don't mean to sound, sound cocky, but it was. Uh, but you know they were we were lucky. They were all the kind of um, you know. Uh, top top five of the top 10 kind of yeah. in the world at the time they weren't this was kind of pre-digital although often they all went kind of digital mm. um but but amazing brands to work with shell was another and you know you you, you know you it, it it gave you a fantastic perspective so yeah that was that and then i left that and and set up um a company called the brand company in hong kong which as it transpires was probably one of the pioneer very first specialist brand consulting firms and um, was it there that you launched pure fitness yeah we did that was yeah. one in hong kong that was yeah. our client i mean that wasn't that was one of our first clients and they were amazing because again they were one of the first franchise fitness groups um and i noticed you work with a lot of uh, in the health sector and on that fitness side um they they were an amazing group um they basically really um upscaled the um the fitness experience but they fitted it into very busy hong kong lives and uh, they ended up being extraordinarily successful in franchising that business out across southeast asia um and they went through they were one of our early clients they went through this this program that we put in brand-centered management which was basically saying um once you or, or if your brand is this place in your most valued customers' minds that yeah. you want to be in the future. Um, if that's what you want to stand for in, in their minds, and you can articulate that in a way that you can replicate consistently, why would you not want to orient everything your organization does and says around that? And, and so that's what we did. We took them through a brand-centered management process and helped position the, uh, their brand um, <laughs> with their pure path. And, and that was very successful for them. And yeah, it was, yeah, so. Yeah, amazing. That was a long time ago. You're taking yeah. me back. <laughs> yeah. So do you, you've worked obviously with some massive companies, you know, some of the biggest companies and organisations in the world. Um, how does that compare to working with a startup, you know, which is what a lot of the time, those yeah. are the sorts of people that I'm working with. You know, people that have got an idea, they've got they've got a dream, they've got something that they yeah. really want to get out into the world, um, but they don't really know where to start. Well, I mean, the principles are exactly the same, and that that's when we we had the chat before we came on, on this show beforehand, and why it might be relevant for you because uh, I don't I don't mean to sound kind of show offy with all of these big names. If anything, the real point is. It's not mystical science. The principles that you apply for these huge organizations, you know, the Shangri-La hotels, the AIGs, the, the PepsiCo's, the, the Swire groups you know, that I've done is exactly the same as I do with small startups here in, in Vancouver. And, 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 it, and it applies across different types of organizations as well. So, you know, for example, you know, I work with um, a, a small YouTube startup company here who was selling men's hair care products online, a great company called Blue Man, um, very small at the startup age. And, and, and the, the methods and the principles of 
you know, defining your, your DNA and following a, a, a process uh, to be able to articulate the positioning for your brand first and then bring it to life is yeah. exactly the same for them as it was for one of these larger organizations. So um, yeah, don't be spooked or don't be overly impressed. I mean, what, what you, you, you follow the same methodology. Um, yeah. And that's what I try and say to people. It wasn't, it was only, it was fairly recently that I started to really discover, um, you know, what you call brand DNA. And yeah. once I found it, I was like, this is amazing. Like this is, this, it kind of fed my soul in that it's all about really connecting with people, you know, finding ways to connect, finding ways to, 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 to tell stories and to get, to get, to kind of create this, this sense of kinship and, and bringing people together and, and, and excited about something that you really care about. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it just it kind of just stuck from then and and that's why I'm 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 on a bit of a mission now to say to people that just because and when I say just I don't mean just but you know okay yeah you're a startup you're just beginning you're at the start of your journey but all these organizations were there at some point yeah no one started off being yeah. a multi-million pound organization that everybody yeah. knows about exactly so it's within it's within reach and and the sooner you kind of start thinking about it and realizing how powerful brand is it's just it's only going to make life easier um yep. in in the long term and and well even the big organizations and the big companies lose their way sometimes and you know we keep coming back to branding and i guess that's the heart of what if, if there's any message that was coming out of this is it's it's, you know, understand, you know, who you are. If you know thyself, you know, as Sun Tzu said before, <laughs> knowing, knowing the enemy, if you don't know yourself, um, you're going to spin around in circles forever. So, uh, um, but if you do, it's an incredibly powerful navigating tool. You know, it's, um, uh, you know, I use, uh, uh, you know, visual analogies of, you know, lighthouses because they, they re relate to that. You know, if you've got, a DNA, it's a bit like a lighthouse. You're 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 established and set on a firm rock. You know you're absolutely solid. You know where home base is. You can withstand storms. Uh, you know here you're you're built on this completely solid foundation. You're not going to blow over for a hundred mm. years. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, you know you have this bright beacon on the top, which is you know searching out into the future and pinging out. Uh, through the mist and clarifying what it is you stand for. This is what I believe in. You know, this is what we're offering. Do you like what I'm saying? Do you believe what I believe in? Yeah. You know, the old Simon Sinek thing yeah. and, 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 and attracting what, what, what I used to call the brightly colored moths to your table, you know? So you don't want to bring everyone in who's not going to be a right fit. No. And, you know, people may not realize, but every single lighthouse in the world has got a different flash pattern so that you can... Uh, Oh really? Um, yeah, they they all rotate. They have a different number of beams. They have different colours. They have different speeds at which they rotate. And if you're on the ocean, whatever, in the in, and and even through the fog, you know that they'll have a different fog on call, so you can tell where you are in the world. So no way. Nice analogy. That's yeah. um, that's awesome. I had no idea. That's yeah. like I'm I'm going to be googling lighthouses now. After this, I'm I'm excited to know that and fascinated. Well, I'm going to build. Sorry, and not kind of. I'm not trying to plug or anything, but that's where I'm. I'm. I'm taking my. I'm trying to simplify what what I do for my consulting clients and put it onto an online course so that uh, uh, people can access it, and so you don't yeah. have to charge thousands of thousands of dollars to get a kind of brand consultant, but you can actually mm. get the principles yourself. And so, uh, and so, I'm, I'm doing that, and that's that's why I'm, I'm going to call it Lighthouse Leadership because it's ah. it's helping. It's helping people basically um, develop their DNAs and and that provides them with that um, confidence of who they are and, and and that they and so that they can you know move out into into the future and illuminate the future and move their businesses forward. Um, Sounds awesome. So who's this course for? 
again, <clears throat> all different levels. I, I'm really pitching it at young leaders, um, you know, like yourself, you know, sparky, bright, you know, creative Thank people, you. <laughs> um, you know, who are building their own businesses um, or they may be representing, you know, they may be marketing VPs or, or brand directors or CEOs of, you know, small to mid-sized companies. Um, you know, occasionally it's, it's um, people working inside larger organizations, but I prefer working with the guys who are going to shape their own clay, as it were, yeah. um, and, and control it. And, and <clears throat> um, so it's basically for them, people who are looking for, um, clarity of strategic direction, who are responsible for shaping their own strategic plans and uh, who just need a guiding hand and a sounding board. And, and as we talked earlier about, most people here are pretty bright when they're at that stage. They, they've got a good basic understanding of, of building their businesses and they intuitively they're probably more attuned to what they're doing than, than anyone else. They just need a strategic sounding board and they need confidence in the steps they're taking and checks and measures that can give them uh, the clarity when faced with um, complexity and change and uncertainty which this world is throwing at us at a rate of knots and will continue to do do so yeah. so that's what it's for and you know it, it, it takes some I'm trying to simplify it because you, you can't do an entire change management process, you know, in, in an online course, but you can you can chunk it and you can get to the right start of it. So that basically, you know, what we started at the brand company was, in fact, change management um, uh, through uh, through the brand, through the use of the brand. And it was like I was saying, it was using your brand and your brand DNA to uh, to drive change through the entire organization you know the way in which you you know communicate to your people the yeah. products and services you offer the systems and structures that enable or hinder you from delivering your promise all of those things carried through um but but basically the course will start on uh you know the first 2ds of that 4d process we had a 4ds process which i still use and, and it's still extremely effective now called called discovery um, definition direction and delivery and so that that's it by the way for strategic planning as well you don't need to be more complicated than that yeah. um discovery I think that's, that's the trouble sometimes isn't it is is we do like i remember when i was especially recently there's been a lot of talk about branding and what it is and 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 i can see why startups and and you know small business owners maybe don't focus on it because it can be very come across as very complicated and there's lots of jargon and yeah. I, th I think there's there's that kind of fear um and the people that I speak to are often they want they want to know but there's there's that fear of oh am I gonna am I gonna ask a stupid question I don't yeah. I don't really understand what that means I don't really yeah. understand what 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 brand, what's the difference between branding and and marketing and and yeah. it's like I just want to I want to be able to say to people like it's not actually that complicated people are just complicating it for the sake of it and like ask ask us and yeah. we'll give you an honest answer. No, absolutely, and and you're so right, Daniel, to to say that. I mean. Every industry, if you and the beauty of what we do is that we jump with different clients in different industries. They create their own language and their own jargon and their own acronyms that you need to interpret. You know, I'm working with medical guys now. I'm, I've got acronyms, you know, coming out of wazoo that I, <laughs> that mean all horrible things about different parts of the body, which I don't want to think about. But, um, but and and lawyers and and you know investment bankers uh, they've got a complete you know set of words which you need to understand that's part of the discovery process but i think brand guys us and creative people and strategists we're just as guilty and and i think our role is to demystify that and simplify it and as you said you know not be afraid to ask what you think are stupid questions there are no there's no such thing as a dumb question yeah no totally um so ultimately are you what's your mission now is it is it more to help individuals understand branding or are you still trying to help organizations 
Uh, well, it's it's both. It's mainly individuals that can drive change throughout their own organization. And <laughs> what, uh, you know, where I'm at now, I'm kind of late stage of my career, but I don't think I will ever retire. I don't ever want to. And I, and I also still have tons of bills to play and, you know, educational <laughs> yeah. bills and yeah. university fees and stuff like that. It'll go on forever. Um, but what I, what I found is now that um, instead of working with, you know, half a dozen clients who I can consult directly with and, and help ha- handhold and guide through a, a change management process using their brand, help them articulate their DNAs, help them do a discovery program, help them set strategic direction, articulate a strategic framework, which is basically saying prioritize what are the important things to do and, and then how you bring them to life. And then put you know delivery mechanisms in place to enable them to bring it to life. Um, I can I, I realize when when people talk to me and, and they picked up and, and read the book by the way that you know, that, that, that I'd written that um, I can help many many more people by trying to scale that and lowering lowering the cost of access to do it and helping people help themselves do it without me necessarily being there. Um, but then providing some guidance through an online course and program if I can. So that's my project at the moment. I'm, you know, having having written the book, uh, which I should have done 10 years earlier and, and launching it exactly pre-COVID. Why do you say is, that? Why 10 years earlier? Because it took me 10 years to get off my backside to do it, Danielle. <laughs> so, um, there's always an excuse. You know, you've got these big projects yeah. that you need to tackle procrastination is my enemy my devil on my shoulder I don't know about you but so I talked about it for years so this was this was the book of the story of the brand company and what we set up and what the 4D's process was what brand center management was all about what a brand DNA is how you set up a discovery program develop the questionnaires how you set direction it shares 40 plus 50 plus of the most effective creative strategic thinking tools that we used to use when we were consulting to our clients you know so so it's basically giving up you know everything that we were doing and I I call it dim sum strategy because um, it's written in a way that hopefully the you know the younger gen z millennial generation who are running their own companies now can absorb you know it's in bite-sized chunks you know so like a dim sum meal you can cherry pick things that are most interesting or you can read it right from beginning to end so so i shared that and um, but i realized that actually a book is not really the medium now um so much you know people can find it but they find it by chance um uh, and um, you know you, you can do more by taking this online so i'm basically reshaping this into an online course an online program which will, is really helping uh individuals uh, who who either start up businesses or running small to medium enterprises and and facing issues of you know clarity where they want to take it uh, helping them develop their own dna blueprint and um you know, you, you know, you, we've mentioned it many times, but I haven't actually told you what the components of that are, and they haven't <laughs> changed. So, if you allow me, I will. Yeah, no, um, I'd love to know. So, you know, the key components of a DNA are, are uh, your your role, why you exist. You know, as Simon Sinek would say, the why. We were doing this like twenty years before Simon Sinek was doing all these marketed brilliantly, and he's he's great. So, you know, why you exist, at, and, and typically why you exist to serve your customers whether it's a product or a service so it's articulated in that way and 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 then you know the key part of your dna is your promise you know your overarching commitment what is it that you're going to do for them and as a consequence of that you know what benefit do they derive from delivering against your promise Uh, and 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 then wrapped up with what we call spirit or culture which is how you go about doing it which is often how you differentiate yourself and then sprinkled with things like assets or attributes. So icons, imagery, if you like, logos and things, that attributes yeah. that you can build up that are associated with it. And all of those kind of come in this kind of blue velvet bag with this golden thread that is your DNA and it cements over time. It's, you know, it's articulated uh, in, in written form, but it becomes to life in, in visual and in musical and many other ways. And then you, it becomes your your lighthouse, if you like, your beacon that you constantly come back to in a storm. It becomes intuitive and, and it informs everything that you do and everything you say. So 
that's that that's your brand DNA and getting to there, you know, people will think, okay, that's easy. I can write that down now. And you can get a stab and you can get away there. But the reality is when you're, when you're building your, your house, it's like the three little pigs, you know, your DNA is only as good as the amount of effort that you put into it and the understanding you put into it. So you need to do some really good discovery work out there to be able to identify what it is that your, um, your, 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 your customers' perceptions of you or yeah. your desired perceptions are and, and what the opportunities and challenges are, what, what will really st- stand you apart, what it is that they believe in that you believe in that resonates. Um, you know, so, you know, your, your promise has to be um, relevant in the first time. I mean, we've worked with so many clients who, who, ha- who find something that's differentiating, but it's not, not relevant. And <laughs> so it's got to be relevant <laughs> up front. It's got to be um, compelling. You can't, as my old boss, David Ogilvy used to say, you can't bore your customers into buying your product. You no. can only interest them into doing it. So, um, so it's got to be compelling and it's got to be ideally differentiating in a way that stands apart from your competitors. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I am, um... Oh, I can't. I can't remember what I was listening to, but um, I, well, I, I think it was a podcast or something. But they were talking about um, the music platform Spotify and yeah. how Spotify really got everything right. And then they started talking about the 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 rival platform that that tried to come along. I think it was called Tidal which was started by I think it was I think it was Jay-Z um well it wasn't started by yeah. them but I think Jay-Z and Beyonce and some other musicians tried to get on board with Tidal yeah. and the idea was that it it was subscription based and um a little bit like Spotify that ultimately you had to you had to pay to listen yeah. to music but the trouble was because they didn't have, because there was this barrier to entry, I think in that there was no, there was no free option. So the only way you could listen to music on this this uh, service yeah. was if you paid. They yeah. thought that because people uh, loved, you know, Jay Z and, and other artists yeah. so much that that fat fan base would move over if then they took their music off Spotify over onto Tidal and it just didn't ha- it just didn't happen and it it, it yeah. just completely failed in in its mission and and they were so adamant that it was something that fans were going to want when in reality fans were like well no because Spotify allows me to listen to yeah. music for free and and ultimately they were kind of punishing without realizing punishing fans and yeah. listeners. So, so I totally hear what you're saying there about about making sure it is actually relevant and that your your audience do actually need it and get excited about it. Yep, yep, and that's. <clears throat> I mean, you're, you're describing you know brand development in action. I mean, our world is so complex now. I mean, in in every category. Uh, and you'll find this in the book again, in a simple thing. There's uh, um, a great, great book by um, Alan Laura Reese called um, The Evolution of Brands. And it relates it back to Darwinian theory about how brands in a category evolve. And it is like, you know, survival of the fittest. Um, but, but uh, uh, you know, everyone diversifies and multiplies. So that all of a sudden, you know, there's a hundred Spotify equivalents, you know, we didn't talk about Apple music or whatever it was. And each one is trying to find their niche. Some maybe one's got a niche in a particular genre, whether it's jazz or something else. Um, And, 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 and that's great. That's the way the world works, but you need, you need to find your niche and and, and stand apart because, uh, you know, if you are trying to dominate in a category, you know, there are laws of how, how brands work. And typically, you know, it may, there's only one, two or three brands in, a, in, in any category that make a ton of money. They are the leader, you know, the number two and maybe a third challenger can break even. And then everybody else um, struggles actually to make money, even in, in large categories, unless, unless you 
um, create a niche that is so distinctive that you kind of redefine a subcategory and then you own that and then you can and that's probably the best way and this is all back to what a brand is owning a territory in the mind um, what we're experiencing now is um, is such an explosion of diversification of like you know a hundred things come out instantly um you don't know where to look you don't know where to choose you know you go down a shopping aisle and you want to get a, you know a jam or a sauce or something and there's there's not two or three choices there's 25 30 yeah, 40 it's choices overwhelming and sometimes it, it, it does overwhelm and when you get to that point again familiarity comes right back to actually people think take away that complexity i'm just going to go back to the ones that i know and trust yeah again back to your earlier point about the, the value of brands but so what what would uh, I'm conscious I can't I'm just rabbit on so <laughs> yeah, I, I forgive that for your, for your listeners um what what could I do or say to you now that would really help you or your listeners um that uh to, to kind of you know maybe yeah. there's something that Maybe there's something that you're struggling with that would be relevant for your listeners too, or, or just a tough question. I can't promise I've got the answer. No, but... and I appreciate I appreciate you asking that. I think um, the thing that one of the things I get asked a lot, um, I think it comes down to the scary parts of running a business, um, and yeah. and 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 often people they'll have an idea. They'll quickly get a logo done and and they just want to get things up and running. They just want to get things started. They want to start making money. I completely yeah. understand that. But then yeah. at some point, things aren't working. Sometimes they don't necessarily know why and they want to grow. And then and there may, maybe other people join, you know, they might have one or two employees. and then And then they realize that there's things happening within their brand that they've just not got sorted. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I suppose it's knowing when you are starting where to start and how to, how to avoid making those kind of big mistakes in the early, early days that, that, that make them go, Oh God, I wish, I wish we hadn't done that because now, you know, now we don't know what font the logo was created in and we can't print it and, and you know, all so yeah, just just kind of knowing where to start, really, to try and avoid, you know, the pitfalls when you do start to grow. I know it's it's a great that's a great point. I mean, I used to use this term, you know, if you don't know where you're going, all paths take you there. Mm. Um, and again, back to what we're talking about, the confidence of your DNA. You know, your DNA is like a genetic material. It's like a strategic template for delivering consistent desired experiences once you've articulated and once you've known what you are it, it's it's not such a bad thing that you have an experimental period or a period of launching and confusion because you know you're learning from that and then you can help make decisions so if anyone's listening in and you know they're two three four five years into setting their company up and they're just beginning to hit obstacles now it's never too late to kind of go back and do the thing properly or on conversely if you've got a great idea and you're starting off it's great to start from where you think you want to go yeah. um but the the that that would be my advice really understand and, and articulate what it is you stand for why, <laughs> why you're doing it, um, how you're going about differentiating and, 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 you know, who it is you're targeting. It's very basic. Um, but the, the way in which you can go around doing that and, and the methodology we set up for being able to craft your DNA requires some, some thought and some structure. So, you know, doing that proper discovery work, you don't need to do you know, you don't need to spend thousands and thousands of pounds or, or dollars, in, you know, doing expensive um, commissioned research or what you, there's so much information out there on, on the, on the internet now, but still doing deep qualitative work, asking the right questions of the right people at the right time, you can get a long way in a short period of time to understand 
the human element of brands and, and the strongest brands differentiate on emotional platforms. It's not rational. You know, <laughs> the rationalization comes later. You can, you, and you can't really do that through, you know, um, quantitative questions, questionnaires or survey monkeys, you know, you do that by talking to people and understanding and asking the right questions of them. Where is the gap? What is the difference? Um, um, but it makes a huge difference. So, so let me give you an example of how it makes a difference. This is a, a big company example, but it can translate into small either. You know, when when we we were starting up um, in Hong Kong, uh, the Shangri La Hotel Group came to us, um, and they came to us because we were, in their perception, this this is the reason it wasn't because we were famous or great or doing brilliant stuff. Although I'd love to think we were doing all of that, uh, but. Um, it was because we were we were seen to be foreigners in Hong Kong, although I'm a Hong Kong BR as well. And, and they were looking to expand their their um, hotel group out into uh, into the globe and in particular North America. And funnily enough, as it was, uh, um, Vancouver was the one of their biggest things. So they thought we would know better. And they had seen what everyone else was doing it, um, you know, the. You know, the, the Hilton groups um, and, and others had, had kind of come on and westernized their brands and they saw these um, very kind of um, you know, masculine type brands with the you know brass and the, and the heavy blue marble tops and, and business oriented brands and they felt that maybe they needed to shift that way, you know, when they were entering North America. Yeah. Um, and so we went through their DNA development exercise and the first kind of discovery, early discovery, found out that this was the complete opposite of who they were. You know, they were a very feminine, um, you know, traditional Asian values. Um, you know, as, as it translated, you know, for their imagery, we said an Asian Audrey Hepburn, very graceful, very elegant yeah. and natural hosts. Uh, that came in and they were all about chong sams and chandeliers and asian artwork but done in a very contemporary way and and we persuaded them you know you carry that forward into north america and everyone who knows and loves the shangri-la brand who wants that kind of experience will love it and people who want you know the the more masculine kind of steak and potatoes type experience mm. <laughs> they're not appealing to them you know let them go elsewhere and of course that's what they did so same for any kind of small startup company. When they knew who they were, it informed everything else that they did in terms of helping them define the difference between their four-star brand, their traders hotel and Shangri-La. So there were clear lines of delineation between the two. One was a, 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 you know, a more masculine businessman hotel and the other one was a very much more exotic, you know, feminine, graceful um, experience. And so it shaped their portfolio for a worldwide expansion. Um, wow. So, yeah. Amazing. So would you say then, Peter, that in order to have a successful brand, it's all about knowing who you are, knowing your why? Is that, is that, what, is that what a successful brand is to you? Um, that, that's... Uh, you know the dna goes deeper than just the why it, mm. it's actually more positive it's it's future forward it's saying here's what we're promising and it gives you a guidance into your communications into the kind of services and the products you offer how you talk to your people it guides everything um it gives it, it says how you go about doing it as well so so many brands kind of do the same thing but the nature in which they they go about doing it is very very different you know so a british airways versus a virgin you know a, a completely different mindset you know yeah. um and, and different experience they basically fly passengers around the world you know yeah uh, that, that's what they do that's their gig but they do it in an incredibly different way um experiential way so your 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 brand is how well you deliver against your promise mm. and Okay. Your brand is how well you deliver against your promise. <laughs> and how relevant that promise is to people and, and how meaningful it is mm. to them. I mean, at the end of it, we've already started off by saying simplify and we've already put enough in to kind of complicate people <laughs> at the end of it now. They might have started off clearly thinking, but if, if you need to hold on to anything, that that is ultimately it. If you can articulate a compelling 
a relevance, a differentiating, and above all, credible promise that you can deliver against consistently, and you execute against that promise consistently well, you will succeed. Yeah. It's not that complicated. There um, you go. But it is difficult. It is difficult. It's difficult yeah. to find all of those elements. Yeah. Difficult to differentiate in this world. Mm. Um, it's difficult to find that real element of relevance and meaning. It's, it is. It's, especially um, with so many. There's just every day I see a new brand, a new business, a new, you know, there's something new coming out. Um, yeah. If you were, if you could start a business tomorrow, start a new brand, what would it be? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, that is a great question. Well, I'm kind of doing that with with this online course, yeah. And and so I'm basically repackaging things, strategic tools, and ways of thinking that have been consistently delivering success for companies large, medium, and small, but repackaging it in a way that makes it accessible to a much broader group of of young leaders who are looking to be able to get clarity and confidence in in the strategic direction that they are taking in their brands and their businesses but can't afford to hire a McKinsey type or a, a strategic consultant like yeah. that they and, and but the, so they want something that they can self-help but that will be meaningful for them and that will help so that's that's a kind of new business in its own right and it's it's um it's, it's doing exciting. many of the same things in a different medium, but that so that's it. And so I'm kind of launching that now. And as I told you about the lighthouse analogy, but yeah. there are many other. Yeah. So when, and, when and are frankly, you hoping I'm, for that to be out? I'm I'm hoping to be that to be out with, by um, by summer this summer. Okay. And um, what I'll be doing is uh, I'll be putting a, a beta pilot out there, and so I'm just in the process now of putting up a. Uh, you know a, yeah. a, a webinar to bring people into that but um, the materials are, are pretty much there because that's what I'm doing but it needs to be packaged and and um, so I'm struggling with the same issues that that many people you know listening to this and and startup companies and uh, small to medium enterprises are dealing with at the moment they'll have many things that they can do and they'll have many ways in which they can package it you know mm. so uh, you know um so I'm trying to find the balance for that uh, that offering at the moment, and I, I'm doing that right now. So that's exciting. I, I'm, I always like doing new things. So it sounds super exciting. Um, and yeah, you you know where I am if you need uh, need any testers, Peter. <laughs> oh well, great. You know what? If you're interested seriously, I'll let you know. We'll let we'll have a a, a beta program out there, and you can you can say is this helpful for you or not? You know. Yeah. Um, no, I'd love to. It sounds incredible. Um, yeah. So, um, are you reading anything particularly interesting at the moment, or listening to any um, podcasts or, or audio books or anything like that? Yeah, I I, I am. I kind of. It's. Uh, I mean, you're probably wanting a brand-related answer to that, aren't you? Um, well, it could uh, be, but it, it it doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, you know, the, I I find that the, it's been great with this podcast show because you can bump into people like yourself and and a few other people, you know, like Jacob Cass and Matt Davis and yeah. and Lisa Hastings and and um, you know, bon, uh, Sonny Bonnell and things like this. So they they've all got their own books out and um uh, and so i'm constantly still buying and, and learning and getting into those and uh, i i i think uh you know there's a couple of things that i've um been reading that that are good um you know i, I love um I, I like matt davis's story strategies he gives us some some simple tools to be able to articulate his equivalent of a dna um which is in there there is there's a great book, but I can't remember. I wonder if I can find it now. I can't remember who was the author of it. It was just basically a, a tools book, which was like the dim sum strategy, but but without any of the explanation. It was just literally <laughs> here's the tool on a page, um, but but very useful as well. I just um, just finished reading a book on vivid visioning. Um, which was interesting because it was written by a guy who was quite skeptical about the softer side of branding. He was very much more rational numbers guy, 
but had discovered this magic world of trying to bring to life, um, uh, you know, the concept of the future and, and just trying to basically make it more tangible. It really not a lot of science behind it mm-hmm. uh, other than um, force yourself into articulating specific areas of your business in the future. <laughs> I mean, that's it basically, but um, an interesting thought when you're, when you're trying to get your clients to go future forward. Yeah. Um, otherwise for me, I don't know if you're, I'm, I'm still human. So I have a, on my bookshelf, I've always got four or five books on the go. Um, you know, one rubbishy one, which is always the one that gets read first. A couple of business ones that, you know, you start I'm, the first few chapters. Yeah, and never I've, I've started reading this. Um, my friend bought it for me. Um, the Bookkeeper of um, Aleppo. Um, Beekeeper of Aleppo. Yeah. yeah the Beekeeper, sorry, rather. Yeah. yeah. Um, started reading that. Um, and I'd, I, keep, I keep picking up Start With Why um yeah i've got my bookmark in there i kind of i flicked through it once just sort of really quickly skimmed it and now i've gone like back to the start again um yeah i read quite a few books at one at one time as well now which is great now i mean simon sinek is 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 kind of like the the master of this he's brilliant at marketing he's got his own machine out and he's He's the kind of go-to person. He talks a huge amount of sense. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, that that's what I was saying. You know, maybe I should have written my book, you know, 10, 10 years earlier. I'm not suggesting that I'm in, in the same, you know, bracket as Simon Sinek, but uh, we were doing what he was preaching way before, yeah. you know, it, the why came out. Um, this is basically what, what your DNA was saying. What's your role? Yeah. What's your raison d'etre? Why do you exist you know, to serve? Wow. And, and that's it's better to be a, a little bit late than never isn't it peter <laughs> yeah 10 years is kind of a lot late but, <laughs> but yes <laughs> amazing well obviously you've got you know you've got your book you've got your course um what you've talked about today has been i've learned loads so I'd, i've no I, no doubt that the listeners will have as well um but if people want to find you and and maybe connect with you and learn more where can they do that Oh, that's great. They they can find me on on um, you know LinkedIn. I've kind of given you the links if you can come on onto yeah. that. Or um, and my website is peterwilkin.com. That's p t e r w i l k e n dot com. Um, my company is called Dolphin um, Dolphin Brand Strategy, and you can find that through there. Um, and um, I'll drop you my email so so, so if you can, listeners can. Um, can can get through through to Absolutely. me there if they can. That would be great. Peter at dolphinbrandstrategy.com is my email. Thank you so much for joining us today, Peter. Really appreciate you being here. That's so kind. It was a real pleasure talking to you, Daniel. Great questions, and I hope there's some value to your listeners. I've no doubt there is. I've learned lots. So thanks again. Take care.